Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. I've got to get to a message. <laughs> That's the man in me. I've got to get my task done. Uh, there's no woman in me, so don't wait for that comment. God wanted me to get in touch with my feminine side, he would have made me feminine. <laughs> Welcome to everyone online. This is a politically correct broadcast you're about to hear today. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> the image for this Easter weekend has three crosses on it. Most images for Easter weekend has three crosses on it because... Jesus died between two thieves. And when you read the account, one criminal blasphemed him saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Save yourself and while you're at it, get us out of here also. But the other guy rebuked him. It's really interesting. The other thief rebuked him and he said, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? We indeed, justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he turns to Jesus and says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And you probably already know what Jesus' response was. Today, you'll be with me. In paradise. The two thieves had been convicted of some crime that was worthy of the death penalty. I don't know what it was. It could have been murder, could have been theft, could have been child abuse, could have been the worst crime you could think of. They'd both been convicted. In fact, they're the only two hanging on crosses that had been convicted and were there because they needed to be there. And in that state, one repented. One did not. It's crazy. That night, one thief was in heaven and one was in hell. Can I remind you that neither one of them, the one that found himself in heaven had not had a chance to go to church and worship God, partake in communion, be water baptised, serve on team, pay tithes. None of that. None of it. One look to Jesus. One look to, to the man in the middle. One look to the man in the middle. Changes his eternal destination. It's crazy. You can take your seat. Thanks, team. Up to you. It actually reminds me of a true story of a very wealthy Christian man who was on his deathbed. And uh, he'd had time to speak with his family, but the final hours of his life were approaching. And so he got on his phone and called his lawyer and his accountant. And he called them to his bedside in his final moments of life. And there was that awkward silence after the initial discussions were over. And then finally, one of them, the lawyer said, you know, it's, it's really an honour to be here, but, but why not your family? Why not your wife? Why not your children? And he, he said to his lawyer and to his accountant, he says, I, I wanted to die like Jesus, 
between two thieves. <laughs> kind of half. Still works. It's an oldie, but... I want to bring you a message today <laughs> about the man in the middle. But first I need to talk to you about the three crosses because these three crosses really continue to preach a message to us about life. The first cross is the cross of rebellion. The thief that even in that moment when he had his opportunity, he did not take it. The rebellion that was in him, actually the rebellion that we find in every one of us, today you're gonna discover that we all have parts of these three crosses in us and the key to life is to develop the two crosses that God intended for us. But this first cross, the cross of rebellion, tells us very clearly that we have a choice to make. In fact, the cross Jesus hung on forces us to make a choice between who we want to follow. Will it be man or Messiah? Will it be religion or relationship? Will it be denial or devotion? Will it be the crowd or the King? Will it be rebellion or repentance? That first cross of rebellion shouts out, save yourself and us. Rebellion is defined. I've done my Google diligence. It's defined by opposition to one in authority or dominance. It's interesting, Psalm 51 verse one says this, God, give me mercy from the fountain of forgiveness. Don't you love the fact that God's forgiveness is a fountain? I know your abundant love is enough to wash away my guilt because your compassion is so great. Take away this shameful guilt of sin. Forgive the full extent of my rebellious ways and erase this deep stain on my conscience. You know, I could talk to you about every definition from the Webster's Dictionary and everything else, but right there is the definition of what happens when a rebellious soul comes to God in true repentance. The second cross is the cross of repentance. It's actually the pivot, to pivot away from rebellion to God. The only thing that will allow you to pivot away from rebellion to Christ is repentance. It's the turn. Repentance literally means to turn from sin and dedicate oneself in the amendment of one's life. To feel regret or contrition, to change one's mind. My simple definition of repentance is that it's threefold. It's a change of heart, a change of mind and a change of direction. And when we come to Christ, you know, the reality is that Resurrection Sunday is about the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, absolutely. But it's just equally important to understand that it's about the fact that God released resurrection power within us. Resurrection power is on the inside of you. If we believe our Bible from Genesis to Revelation, in the middle it tells us that resurrection power has been released on the inside of us. We've been given the ability to repent so that we can connect with that power. The Bible definition here in 2 Corinthians 7 says, God designed us. You were made by design, not default. God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. This leaves us with no regrets. 
This leaves us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world works death. And then you come to that final cross, the man in the middle, the cross of redemption, where Jesus says, paid in full. The definition of that original word says to buy back, to repurchase or to win back. Do you know God realises that He lost you in your journey of life and He sent Jesus to the cross to win you back, not just buy you back, but win you back. It wasn't like God was just taking you ransom, but the reality is that God desired to win you back with a love that goes beyond something that you were forced to do. I've asked one of my heroes to help out this morning. Well, I didn't really ask him. I just took liberty because he put it on his Insta page. I want you to watch this video for a moment and then I'll come back. I was doing my shopping at a supermarket and the lady at the supermarket on the checkout desk, she had a cross around her neck. So I said, oh, hello. I said, you're a Christian. She says, what? I said, you're a Christian. She says, what are you talking about? I said, you've got a cross around your neck. She goes, oh, it's nice. (laughs) I looked at her name, Tracy. I said, Tracy. (laughs) It was not nice. It was nasty. She looked at me as though I was an alien that had just landed from another planet. So I'm putting the stuff on the conveyor belt. We're packing. We're talking. I said, Tracy, listen, if I had an earring here and you said, what's your earring there? That's a gas chamber. No, gas chamber. Why are you wearing a gas chamber earring? I said, well, I want to remember how millions of Jewish people died in the Second World War. And then you said to me, what's your other earring? Oh, that one there, electric chair. No, electric chair. Why are you wearing an electric chair earring? I said, well, I want to remember how certain criminals got executed in the United States. I said, Tracy, what would you think of me if I was walking around with an electric chair earring and a gas chamber earring? What would you think of me? She goes, I think you've lost it. You've lost it. (laughs) No, so I said, Tracy, is that because they're symbols of execution? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, so Tracy, what do you think you're wearing around your neck? I said, Tracy, you've got to remember this. Jesus didn't wear it around his neck. He wore it on his back. Big difference. And we were in this huge superstore, a supermarket, and it's like the whole place went quiet. (laughs) And Tracy went, cool. I said, that's right, Tracy. Cool. He didn't wear it around his neck. He wore it on his back. Jesus didn't carry the cross so that you and I could have an accessory. He carried it so we could enter into eternity. For five centuries, the Romans had perfected the torturous power of the cross. Go ahead and do your own due diligence on Google. Do it well. You'll find there's a whole bunch of people that have tried to dismiss the very reality of the cross, His death, His resurrection. They even try and say that Jesus didn't really die on the cross. 
It's interesting because outside of Christianity, outside of spiritual historical records, there are two most provable facts in history outside of religion through other books. The first one is at one point in history, the entire world was engulfed in water, the Great Flood. The second most provable fact in history, outside of the Bible, outside of religious thinking and following people, is that a man named Jesus Christ lived and died an excruciating excruciating death on a cross and then reportedly rose again. The devil didn't crucify Jesus. Believe it or not, God did. It's hard for us to think of, but Isaiah kind of puts it into perspective for us where it says, the Lord says it was my plan to crush him and cause him to suffer. I made his life an offering to pay for sin, but he will see all his children after him. In fact, he will continue to live. My plan will be brought about through him. After being laid in a borrowed tomb, all of God's people went into mourning. They woke up Saturday morning. Incidentally, it was a Sabbath. We're here today to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. But in that moment in history, yesterday was a Sabbath. Really powerful because the Sabbath was a reminder that even as God rested, He ruled. That even when it felt like nothing was happening in the lack of activity and plans, God was still at work. We wrestle with taking a Sabbath, but you know what? The day before the most important day in history was a Sabbath. God rested, but He still ruled. But then came Sunday morning when the power of the cross, the power of resurrection was invoked upon all who believe. The same Jesus that said on the cross, it is finished, also said He will finish the good work He started in you. Have you ever thought about that? On the cross, He said it is finished. That was the redemptive plan of Christ. But when we come into Christ, He says, that good work I started in you, I will complete until the day of Christ. He's finished on the cross, but He's not finished with you. That's gotta be good news for us today. That's gotta give eternal hope. Redemption is finished, but He continues His work in and through you as we respond to the cross of repentance. Whether you're a preacher or a parishioner today, Jesus is not finished with you. He's He's completing what He started. Every time we repent, we are transformed further to be like Christ. I am convicted by Scripture today. I am convicted, I'm convinced by Scripture today that Resurrection Sunday should be a reminder that resurrection power isn't out there, that the power of God isn't something we've got to try and catch in a meeting or in a moment, but that the power of God had been released on the inside of us according to Scripture when we came to Christ and surrendered our lives. I'm thinking about that story from Scott again this morning and that the fact that he said in that moment, I just need to do, I needed to accept that he was going to meet me in my pain. How powerful is that thought that he's going to meet me in my pain and all I need to do is surrender. Come with me to Colossians this morning. Is it okay to study 
further. Because I, this portion of Scripture in Colossians puts the cross and the resurrection into full focus for us. It says, We've been buried with Him into His death. Our baptism into death also means that we were raised with Him when we believed in God's resurrection power. The power. Someone say the power. The power that raised Him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. Forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. He cancelled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. He deleted it all and they cannot be deceived. Let me give an example for the fossils and the millennials. For the fossils, have you ever put anything in the kitchen bin without really knowing that you put it in the kitchen bin? And then someone's taken that out and put it in the solo bin. But somewhere along the way between those two moments, you go, oh, where was that? And then it might be your significant other says, oh, sorry, I thought you didn't want that anymore. I put it, you did what? But it's okay. Because it's not bin day. Come on, how many people have been out to the Sulo bin after one of those moments and had to dig through all and you just discover how disgusting your trash can become? Anyone? <laughs> but you know what? Where it says he cancelled it and deleted it, it's like, sorry guys, bin man's been. It's gone. Never to return. For the millennials... On your device, on your computer, you have a recycle bin where you dump stuff, you know, files you no longer want. But it's okay because it keeps it in there for 30 days of whatever you set, right? Uh, until you kind of go, oh, I don't need that stuff anymore. And you empty the recycle bin and it is gone for good. When it comes to your sins, when it comes to the stain on your soul, he said here, it cannot be retrieved. Everything. We once were in Adam, has been placed onto his cross and nailed there permanently, there as a public display of cancellation. You know, we're living in an era of the cancel culture, which is a whole different thing where people are trying to cancel you out. Just flip that whole thing on its head and realise that when the enemy comes to remind you of your mistakes or your past or that track record, God's got His own cancel culture going on and He cancelled it out for good. We are the ones that wrestle with it. And you know, there's just that simple reminder when the enemy comes to try and remind you of your past, just keep reminding him of his future. One of the powerful things that happens at the cross of repentance is as that thief turned, it's really powerful to see that in the Scripture there in Luke 23, I think it's verse 42, just start at Genesis, you'll find it. There it says, the first thing he did, was he rebuked the rebellious thief. 
You know, the first thing will happen when you come into a place of repentance, you'll begin to rebuke rebellion. You'll begin to rebuke rebellion. You'll begin to say, shut up, devil. Shut up, rebellion. It comes out of that. The, the, the cross of repentance is a pivot point where you turn back to God. In fact, repentance is actually a really nice word. It simply means to turn back to God. Turn back to God. Today, as I come into land, I wanna ask you to turn to the man in the middle, the cross of redemption. Because throughout your walk with God, I had a brief conversation this morning, might've been with Scott actually on the way in, just about the fact that these moments of transformation happen throughout life. And as they happen, it just leads you to the next one. Right now, I'm, I'm discovering that it's a season where God wants to do something deep on the inside of me. I'm not talking about you. I can't speak for you, but I do know right now, God's doing something deep through this understanding of resurrection power that we connect with it through this moment of repentance. Turn to the man in the middle. If it's disease, turn to Jesus, your healer. If it's debt, Turn to Jesus, your provider. And that debt ledger can be financial. That debt ledger can be relational. That debt ledger can be in any area of your world. If it's a character flaw, turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus, the perfect sinless man. If it's the fact that you feel like you're held captive by rebellion, you can turn to Jesus, your Redeemer. When you pivot at the cross of repentance, debts are cancelled, double deleted. Garbage truck already left the house. When you turn to Jesus, things get double deleted. Resurrection power is released in you. Listen, this morning, that power is on the inside of you. I've got to do my best to try and awaken it. Resurrection power literally means strength, ability, inherent power. Stop trying to go get some spiritual power. Get someone to lay hands on you and prophesy over you. That might kind of keep the flow going, but actually it's on the inside of you. It was given to you. Jesus said the Kingdom is within you. That power is residing in you as a virtue. It says it's a personal thing that exerts or puts forth power for performing miracles moral power and excellence of soul, the power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth, power and resources arising from numbers. There are numbers, this power arising on the inside of you that was given by God. I love the fact that the Bible says that when we come into that resurrection power that we are quickened by His Spirit, which literally means to be made alive. I wanna pray with you. Father, today, May we capture the heart of Your Word on this message that God, we have three crosses before us and You call us to look to the man in the middle, Your Son, our Saviour, to look to the man in the middle, the Messiah, that God, we have a choice set before us today, man or Messiah, religion or relationship. And God, we can't comprehend the vast nature of Your mercy. Today, God, we bring you into full view. With humility, we thank you for what you did for us on the cross. If there's healing need here today, Jesus, I ask you to come up, show up 
as the healer. To heal physical bodies. To heal the soul. God, we're so thankful that your blood is so powerful. Your resurrection power so pointed that it removes the stain from our soul. Help us to leave here at the altar, here, leave here at the cross of redemption. Every bit of guilt, every bit of shame, every bit where we feel like our conscience has been seared, may it be restored today in Jesus' Name. Let Your resurrection power be released. God, I pray for boldness, courage and faith here in person and online. I pray that boldness, courage and faith would rise in Jesus' Name. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.